I could be coming out of the gym and just something pops in my head or I'll talk to one of the guys that have questions for me. I got a gym shirt with like mortgage agent and my phone number and my email at the bottom of it. So like when I go to the gym, you know exactly who I am. You know what I am doing. That's hilarious. Have you ever got anybody to reach out to you for that? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Like people coming up to me is like, hey, I got a question for you. And it's like, let's talk, man. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the I Love Mortgage Brokering Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to figure out what are they doing to succeed in today's crazy competitive market. And today on the show, I have Enrique Levy. I did some coaching with him back earlier this year. We did a podcast series called My First Five Million, where we did sales training with him, helped him get organized with how he ran his business, showed him how to pitch and convert real estate agents. And I wanted to do an update show. I'm like, hey, man, we got him past the $5 million mark. He's now at eight and a half million, and I wanted to do an update and see how things are going for him. He's doing amazing. So, you know, in his first year in the mortgage business, he really didn't find the right fit or find his groove. He funded a total of zero mortgages. This year, he's funded eight and a half. He's got another nine million in his pipeline, and he conservatively finished the year around 11 to 12, which is amazing. A couple of big takeaways from my conversation with Enrique. First, one of the things you may not pick up on, but he's really focused on the business for self niche. He's got a family that's been business for self for years. His wife is. And so it really resonates with him. And I think part of his success is the fact that he's getting super focused on the type of client that he can serve. So I think that's helping him. Second thing that he talks about is how he stayed at his brokerage longer than he should have. So he had started with one brokerage and wasn't really getting the training and support that he needed, but he had this E&O insurance that he had paid and he was gonna wait till that kind of was done before he moved. And then he realizes the foolishness and the craziness of actually, you know, the few hundred dollars the E&O insurance was of not making the change and what it actually cost him. So I think that's an important lesson for any of you guys listening. If you're not at a place where that makes sense for you, don't trip over the dollars to get to the nickels, as they say. And then finally, we dive into TikTok. So, you know, right now, 50% of his business comes from real estate agents. We showed him some great stuff around that. The other 50% actually comes from TikTok. And, you know, when I saw what he was doing, I was like, dude, like, I haven't seen, you know, anybody have this level of success with it. He's got lots of followers. He's got some videos with 50,000 views. And so you better find a link to go follow him on TikTok. We dive into some of his advice on getting that social platform to work and now how it takes him very little time. Like it's not a big time suck because these social media platforms, they can be great, but you really do need to monitor how much time you spend on them. So before we jump into that though, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor. So Finmo is a mortgage application, document collection and submission platform that was built by mortgage brokers, very user-friendly for the client, very user-friendly for the agent. What I love about it, so we have a brokerage that we started called ILMB Mortgage Pros. And part of the reason we started is because unlike, you know, Enrique has got good support on the underwriting side of his company, so we taught him the sales stuff, but a lot of agents out there did not have fantastic support. And so we created a company called ILMB Mortgage Pros where we help new agents find and fund their first 10 mortgages. We do the sales training, we got amazing underwriting support. And the reason we chose Finmo is because it's easy to use. We didn't want a tool that was like, oh my gosh, this tool is so complex. Can I get it figured out? You got so many other things to learn that we wanted something that was easy. So if you're interested to find out how we can help you scale your mortgage business, go to get10funded.com. Just get the number 10funded.com and check out Finmo. If you want to check out that tool, go to finmo.ca slash ILMB and check it out. You can set that up really, really quickly. Finally, one last thing. So on the Ask the Expert segment, at the end of this episode, I chat with Tom Hall from Blue Mortgage. Those guys are amazing. We dive into Google reviews and sort of the importance of them and some things you can think about when it comes to building your Google reviews because they are important. What other people say about you is more important than what you say about you. Anyways, thanks so much for checking out this episode and check out those websites as I mentioned and check out Enrique's TikTok.
Hey, Enrique, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, hey, we're going to do an update show. We were working together there on the five steps of five million, but tell me about yourself and your business. So my name is Enrique Levy, and I am a mortgage agent of now two years, currently working with Dominion Lending Center's Connect Mortgage Group. I really kind of specialize now in self-employed mortgages and investors. Okay. So how did you get here? What were you doing before you got into mortgages and then what led you into the mortgage business? So what led me into mortgages, I was once a bartender, went into a bank to go get a mortgage. And the guy basically laughed me out of there without giving me a strategy as to how to get it as a bartender. And yeah. my pride was bruised and I decided, you know, like, okay. screw that guy. Yeah. So like I left out of there and like, I pretty much just gave up on the process. And then, you know, years later, you know, I'm now working for my parents. They run a business called DoMyLaundry.ca in Toronto. And, you know, the opportunity kind of came up and my dad was just like, oh man, go for it. And then I had that split second where I remembered that guy. I was like, you yeah. know what? Yeah, screw that guy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this. Now in retrospect, that guy was completely false. And I very much so could have got a mortgage, especially because I was making good money as a bartender. Yeah. So that's pretty much what but he did. didn't know that. And you didn't know that. So, yeah. Right. So, you know, is what it is. I guess you can kind of chalk that up to the cost of education. <laughs> right. But, so did, um, okay. So did you start full-time, part-time? Started, what happened there? Yeah. I started part-time because I was still helping out my parents with their business. And, you know, at the time I was with another brokerage and I thought very much so that I could do it. And then when I switched over to Dominion and then I really got the full experience of being a mortgage agent and they started giving me access to all these things that I didn't have before. And especially with the leads that were coming in at the time, I quickly realized that I had, to, I had to take a step back completely from my parents' business and just go full time into this. So I had to jump head first into this. I remember we were chatting about that and you're like, hey, I got to tell my dad I'm going to be doing this now. And you're like, he's a big guy. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you're a big guy. So I don't I'm, your dad scares me even more than, uh, than you do. So, <laughs> but yeah, the conversation and everything went well and business yeah. and for you. So what happened once you were able to go in with both feet? So what did you notice in terms of, you know, what was the big difference there? I started to get clarity. I mean, everything got easier, right? Like I wasn't juggling my time with my family business as well as with my mortgage business. Everything got a lot easier for me to accomplish in a day, right? And by extension, I was working less hours in a day, you know, because I wasn't going from five, six o'clock in the morning until, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, right? So it gave me some time back, but it also gave me the ability to earn more because I had more time to focus on what was earning me more. Right. And so you got your license in 2019. Yep. And then worked part-time for that year, worked in your family business. Yep. And then realized, okay, you ended up switching brokerages. So you started at one brokerage and yep. I don't want to name any brokerages or anything, but like, because I've talked to sometimes new people, they get to one brokerage and they think I can't change, but it's about finding the right fit ultimately. Yeah. Like, and there's different models out there. And so tell me about what kind of went through your head in terms of being willing to, you know, making that switch. Yeah. I mean... The product knowledge wasn't quite given to us in the way that it is now with Dominion, right? And there's a lot of times that I found that, you know, I wanted to push somebody on the B side and I thought wholeheartedly, oh man, I really think this can go on the B side. I'm like, nope, that's going private, right? And that got a bit frustrating because, you know, nobody wants to hear private, right? Um, right. Maybe some of the more savvy investors that understand that it's not as scary as people think. But, you know, for the average mom and dad or even single parent that are basically just trying to get by in life, you know, like the last thing on earth they want to hear is private. Oh, yeah, totally. And I was losing a lot of business as a result of it. Yeah, and because I didn't have the product knowledge, I didn't even know how to rebuttal the brokers that were helping me at the time to get these closed, right? So, you know, it got a bit frustrating. There's multiple 
deals that were on the table that I should have been able to close. And knowing what I know now, I could have closed with ease and, you know, it didn't get done. So that was kind of the last straw for me. I made what I now understand as a boneheaded mistake of just riding out the last few months of my, you know, insurance. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We did the math on that. So sometimes we get these, it's like sunk cost fallacy. We've got this, I got my, you know, insurance. I got to wait. It's like, wait a second. I'm not getting support. I need, I don't feel like this is the right culture environment for me. And so you're saying the word dominion, but you're really talking specific because every brokerage is different. You're talking specifically about Phil Weir and his company. Like, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I want to make sure I just, I'm identifying that there is differences even between companies under the same banner right absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you know like phil has been a friggin jedi you know what i mean like yeah. he's been a huge huge instrumental piece to my newfound success you know what i mean so yeah. you know phil if you're listening to this thank you sir i appreciate yeah. you we love you phil we love you phil <laughs> you can have my baby you know those things <laughs> no you can't <laughs> okay sorry i got distracted there okay so yeah it makes sense so you basically you wrote up this e and o insurance before you made the change even though you knew you needed to change so when you look back now what was the cost of that indecision what do you figure estimate like could be conservative easily 80 90k in my take for commissions right. but like it could have been as high as like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. In my take home. All because you weren't in the right place. You knew it and you didn't have the right support. And the reason I want to harping on this is if you guys are listening, like, honestly, if you're at the right place, awesome. But if you're not, don't get stuck on the E&O, you know, trap when there's other opportunities. That couple hundred bucks is not worth the amount of deals that you could close. It really isn't. You know, by having the right support. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely true. Basically, once I got through the training with Phil and his team, yeah, I, it wasn't even like I just hit the ground running. I was in full sprint. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just slapped me in a Ferrari and told me to go, you know, and it's been feeling like that ever since. Right. So it's just like everything picked up, you know, and then I got all the knowledge and the tools that I needed to kind of create success. And, you know, here I am successful and yeah, that's amazing. To climb that ladder. So let me ask you this. What has been your biggest challenge since you got into the mortgage business for you? You know, just being able to manage time because you know like my business is constantly picking up so now i'm starting to get to the point where i'm starting to entertain okay when do i pull on an assistant right you know yes successful now but you know once i start paying somebody else and that success you know starts to look less than that of somebody that's working at mcdonald's right so <laughs> I, you know what there, dude there's i can't think of hardly any of one of our coaching clients who's ever regretted hiring somebody if you buy back your time i know we were talking about this before we jumped on this call if you buy back some of your time so if i could give you Enrique right now like you know, 10 hours a week for you to prospect. You've got some great ideas. Do you think you couldn't go find another deal a month? I definitely think Three? about my business. Yeah. So like you have to think that way. So you're getting stuck on the E&O thing again. You're like, hey, right. this E&O cost. It's like, wait a second. If I had an extra 10 hours a week, man, like what would I do with it? Like you'll be crushing 25 million, like no yeah. problem. But that's okay. When you're ready, you'll make that leap. But yeah. Okay. So tell me what your business in terms of like, so how has this year been for you? What you've got closed and then where do you think you're going to end up? So, so far, I'm right around 8 million. I've got another 9 million sitting in the pipeline, plus some prospectives, but I haven't gotten documents from them yet. You know, one of the products that one of our lenders rolled out kind of really blew up in my favor and, you know, started creating some relationships between myself and some builders, as well as started exposing me to more realtors that really put their niche in new builds. So, you know, that's been really helping kind of drive some future business. So, you know, the future's friendly. <laughs> future's friendly. And then what did you do in 2020? So that first year when you were sort of part-time, do you remember what you did? 2020, you did nothing. Nothing. So zero deals. Yeah, wow. it was zero deals for 2020. Yeah, a lot of them just kind of fell through the cracks. 
Right. Okay. Or that's that's right. You know, it was a learning year. So what surprised you most about the mortgage business since you've, you know, come from a different background? What's been the biggest surprise for you? I don't really know if I had any big surprises. Like I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people that have been in the game a lot longer than me. So, I mean, I think a lot of the surprises may have just been, you know, every so often you come across some like really weird situations and you're just like, well, bro, how'd you get there? <laughs> but, um, you know, I think maybe just the fact that I wasn't able to do it part-time, like I see some people doing, and now I'm looking at them as like, how are you doing this part-time? I don't understand. Right. There's so much to learn, right? Like it's really competitive and it's always yeah. changing. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I think it'd be very difficult. I've always said, you know, my business partner, if a part-timer is competing with her, she's going to eat their lunch because she is yeah. like, if you're part-time, you have to start part-time, that's fine. There's no judgment. But the sooner that you can move into that where it makes sense, you're going to find that, wow, it's going to accelerate for you. Big, big time. Oh, I didn't ask you this. Where does your business come from? So, like, you know, the business you did this year, the eight and a half mil, where does that come from? There's kind of made two sources, you said. Yeah. So early on the year, a lot of it was coming in off of TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback there. But as things progressed, I started making more relationships with realtors. And of course, you know, with the builder, now it's starting to come 50-50 between realtors and through TikTok. You know, I'd mentioned, you know, like I'm slowly starting to throw some of my stuff on Reddit as well. Because like I've got all this content now on my other platforms, so I may as well kind of like start throwing that over and see what comes of that. Which today I got one, so <laughs> yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, so they get to split between my social media platforms and realtors right and then now. relationships. Yeah, and then okay, so there's two distinct skills you got to learn as a you know mortgage broker. First is sales, and then mm -hmm. underwriting. Which of the two is more challenging for you? Underwriting. I have become an excellent salesperson. I've kind of always been good at selling. But you came from a bartender background and some of the best mortgage brokers are like my business partner was a bartender. She's going to do 80 million this year, you know, yeah. five years in bartenders because you get people, you can build rapport fast, yeah. you know, and then, yeah, you got to learn the technical side, but like there seems to be a lot of people that come out of that environment that make great mortgage brokers. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize some of the life skills that I was learning while bartending, right, but right. they definitely were transferable into this industry. But underwriting, and it's just time, right? You know, like with an underwriter, you know, I think I would be hiring an underwriter before I hire just a general admin person because with an underwriter, here you go, go through these documents and I can go get us some more business, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it really is just like the time it takes to actually underwrite each individual file. I think an underwriter would really make a big difference. It's like putting another engine in your car. It's like, wow, it makes a big difference. Okay, so, you know, we worked together on the My First 5 Million project. And we were, you know, doing coaching and stuff. So what was for you the biggest takeaway or the most helpful part of that? Organization was by far the biggest. I'm not by nature an organized person, right? You know, like even through school, how I got through school and graduated is astonishing because- Do you have any like ADD or like attention stuff? No, because when I'm interested, I'm full attention, right? right. Um, if I'm not interested, I can still pay attention and get, you know, the gist of what it is you're talking about. But, you know, it just for whatever reason, organization is just not something that I practiced. So, you know, my biggest thing, like putting everything into my CRM, even when I'm on the road, you know, I used to just take conversations while I was driving. Now I completely pull over wherever I'm going. Yeah. Unless I'm on my way to an important meeting, then I'll just tell them, hey, you know, I'm busy right now. Can we connect again at this time? Or I just don't answer the phone and respond with, like, I have an auto text that goes out whenever I'm in the middle of something. Yeah. But, um, you know, just putting the information immediately into the CRM and then constantly referring to my CRM when I got to do follow-ups and stuff, that was yeah. the biggest help and one of the biggest takeaways. I mean, the four-slide presentation, yeah, big, big game-changer as well. That's helped on the realtor side. and then Yeah, it's helped on the realtor side, but, like, just, like, yeah. on managing my business organization 
was huge for me. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Well, dude, I'm impressed with what you're doing, and I know you're going to end up hiring somebody sooner than you think. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to look back and go, even if you wait six months, you make Scott, I wish I would have done it sooner because I think you're sitting on a gold mine, honestly, with some of the stuff that you're doing, but you yeah. just don't have time to mine it all. And so the quicker yeah, you can awesome. find a solution, whether it's a shared solution, whether it's a fee-based solution, the quicker you're going to be able to expand your business. And if you can do a shared or fee-based, you're not making the same commitment to a salary. You're not saying, hey, here's $65,000 a year or whatever, you know, so that might be an option for you. Yeah. Yeah. I got to look into the fee base because I didn't even know that was an option. So thank you. Oh yeah. There's people that can do that, you know, or that will do that. Or so at your company, you can talk to, you know, if there's somebody that you just start looking around, who's somebody that you know, that has a, and often they're happy to share some of the cost of that too, you know, if they have capacity. So that that's awesome. Man. As well. If you guys know anybody, feel free to refer. Yeah. If you're listening, <laughs> you're like, Hey, if you know somebody who's good on writing, reach out to Enrique. I'll say this too. Check out Enrique's TikTok. Like when we were chatting before and you're telling me your TikTok and I'm like, man, I've seen TikTok. I can't sing. I can't dance. You know, I got a face for radio. I don't know what I'm going to do on there, but you just basically educate people and like, you're not on there dancing and singing and, you know, no. uh, shaking your booty, you know. All um, I refuse to do all of that. All yeah. I'm doing is just answering questions that I get asked in my meetings or, you know, just stuff that I think, you know, like we do a lot of meetings with the BDMs and all the yeah. different lenders. So like sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, oh, that's a big deal. Let me post that. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You see, you're seeing an opportunity. Everybody else is like, this is just our information, but you're seeing it as opportunity for education-based yeah. marketing, which I've always loved. What do you think your time commitment per day is now? What do you think you have to spend on TikTok in order for it to like, you know, be effective? Honestly, like it takes me five minutes now. Like once the idea hits my head, the idea hits your head and then you you just cut a video. Yeah. Blurt it out. And then, you know, I'll spend a couple of seconds editing, you know, like small edits. There's apps and stuff, you know, like I don't use it all the time, but there's apps and stuff that I'll also auto put in like captions for you, which if you guys are listening, I'd honestly suggest you do it. I don't do it all the time. So I might not be the best example of it, but it really does help. And then it's out there. Right. I can be coming out of the gym and just something pops in my head or I'll talk to one of the guys that have questions for me. I got a gym shirt with like mortgage agent and my phone number and my email at the bottom of it. So like when I go to the gym, you know exactly who I am. You know what I am doing. That's hilarious. Have you ever got anybody to reach out to you for that? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Like people coming up to me is like, Hey, I got a question for you. And it's like, let's talk, man. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. So idea 10 minutes, say to post that up there. How often do you have to go in and check on like, you know, cause I don't know like how much people comment on it or do you pay attention to the comments? It depends on the video. Like, it depends on how interesting it is. Like, some videos, it was just, like, me answering a single person's question. And then it just so happened, like, a thousand other people wanted to see that, too, right? They may not necessarily comment on that. So, like, I leave the alerts on. Like, out of all the social media that I use, that's the only notifications that really comes through. You know, like, some, like, specific notifications, depending on what you're sending me from the other platforms, will come through as well. But that's the one that I get all the notifications for. So, you know, as they come, I try to answer them. You know, it's just good to be connecting with people that are asking you questions. But, you know, I don't have any specific time frame. It's like sometimes I'm just on the couch playing with my kid, right? So I can just... Yeah, and you'll just be like, hey, this is... I'll respond to that. But when you started, it must have took more time. So what was it like when you... Because <laughs> there was a learning investment to be able to do it Absolutely. in 10 minutes now. So what, what did that look like? My first video, I think, took me like an hour and a half. Just between stuttering, feeling like I was looking like a robot. Like, you know, like just kind of shaking off... I wouldn't say cobwebs because it wasn't a muscle that I built, but like, you know, just kind of like shaking off the nerves, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's literally like going to the gym or getting the habit of a diet, right? Like you got to start somewhere. As I started to build that muscle, it got less and less. But yeah, my first video was like an hour and a half. You did 30 yeah. days of videos yeah. in a row. How important do you think that was to building that, you know, the new muscle? 
listen, I get people asking me how to social media all the time and I happily share this information. And the one thing that I tell everybody is you have to commit to 30 days, one post a day for 30 days because the algorithm will not take you seriously if you don't. There's another gentleman that is on TikTok as well, right? And he's got a couple thousand followers, so he's doing pretty all right for himself. We started roughly around the same time. He's doing the same thing that I'm doing. I've got 17,000 followers. He does not, right? right? And like, if I had to put my thumb on what it is, is like I was consistent and he wasn't, right? Right. So, I mean, you know, mortgages, it's a boring topic for a lot of people, right? I often tell people, don't focus on the numbers as much. Just focus on the consistency because, you know, even if you just get 300 views, put yourself in a room in front of 300 people. You know what I mean? Right. Suddenly you're looking at that 300 people is like, holy crap, this is a big room. You know what I mean? Like, you, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you put you on stage in front of 300 people, most people would just like, they create it or they would just they'd be like holy crap like yeah yeah i don't think i've spoken in front of rooms much bigger than 300 people honestly in real life it's very much so something that i try to like use as like a way to encourage people to keep going but like the consistency really makes a big difference like the algorithm really needs that consistency to take you seriously yeah i've noticed the same thing with my podcast this year i hired a producer and we're up to like seven thousand downloads a week now and i couldn't even have imagined that like that was a month before. Now it's like a week. And yeah. it's because of we're like really consistent. Thank so you once you get on that train, you do not get off it. It's kind of like going to the gym or anything else. And yeah, then it just, it, every week it builds and builds and builds and builds. So what is your pattern like now? How often are you posting videos? These days I'm more once a week. I've kind of gone through like a lot of the easy stuff. So now it's just like as bigger bits of information come by, I'll post it. The beauty of TikTok is it recycles your information, right? And that's kind of also why you want to be consistent is because like it constantly takes some of your older videos and puts them in front of new eyes, right? So if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, if you click on it, there'll be a link to Enrique's. So we'll get you some more followers, but there'll be a link to Enrique's TikTok so you can go see what he's doing because I think it's fantastic. Even though we talked about this months ago, because I know you're right. If I'm going to go down the path of like, you know, using TikTok, I've got to commit to it. It's got to be both feet. Both feet. Um, Otherwise, it's yeah. a waste of time. You get in Pretty there, much. you're not going to go both feet. Um, and people are going on there to learn too, right? I've got like less than 800 followers on Instagram. Right? Right. My wife, so she has a sourdough baking business, which we've talked about. 36,000 followers, 37,000 followers on Instagram. The engagement is down. Like it used yeah, to be. And I think it's TikTok. Yeah. Between you and me, I think TikTok is like the crack cocaine of social media. Like I think so too. Because I will put TikTok on my phone and I'll literally... I did this weekend because I'm doing some research for my wife for her side of her business. And I'm like, three hours went by. Where the heck did three hours go? Like (laughs) a three hour movie feels long. And I think it's kind of like channel surfing. They don't know what's coming. These short little, and it knows exactly what to play. Oh, here's a fight video. Here's this is UFC. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Right. And so I think it's the, yeah, it's the crack cocaine of social media. But another thing I'd say to that is be a creator, not a consumer. So don't consume this stuff. Like how much time do you spend consuming TikTok? I barely right um, so you're a creator if you're yeah. in there be the guy selling the crack not the guy buying the crack because <laughs> yeah, that, that's what you have to do with these social media things otherwise dude it'll kill your business yeah absolutely. okay sorry we went on a bit of a tangent there but you know what you're the guy who knows more about this than anybody that i know so i like these conversations so let's go into some rapid fire people, questions i encourage so, people to come and talk to me about tiktok like i'll happily share the knowledge yeah okay what's one thing people can't find out about you from google i grew up playing football I was running back. I love football. Oh, yeah, football. Did I tell you I went to see Tampa Bay season opener? Oh, man. <laughs> it was Brady. I was my son I and I was like, I saw it on oh. Facebook. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Sorry, yeah. we're getting off track. Okay, what's a movie everybody should watch at least once? The Founder. Oh, that's a good movie, actually. It's really that's good. I like that. Excellent movie. Yeah. Like, even just from like a business sense, like, go watch The Founder. If you haven't watched it already, go watch The Founder. It's an excellent movie. What are three software programs or digital tools you can't run your business without? 
email, my CRM, and my phone. Just everything about my phone. <laughs> phone is everything, yeah. Yeah. What's the best advice you received as a new mortgage broker? Best advice would be to get your product knowledge up. I'm currently talking things to people that other brokers aren't, and I think it's simply because they're not doing their homework. Do and you're, you're really getting going after the business for self niche, right? And where you are, there's a lot of great products because the products can vary from region to region. There's right. some great products in your area that are Absolutely. very effective for business owners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about knowing what you know now? So two years in, what would you do differently if you're starting over? Two years in, I would have just started with my brokerage. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Honestly, I think I would have left where I was sooner and went on to my brokerage Phil's team. Right. You got to find the right fit. So I think that's good advice for everybody listening. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, Enrique, this has been awesome catching up with you. You know, obviously we'll stay in touch and yeah. I'll get you back at some point in the future when you're crushing 25, 30 mil. I'll be like, hey, man, I'll be like, when did you hire that assistant? You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's what's going to happen. I guarantee it. So it's awesome, brother. Looking forward to it. Hey, Tom, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott, glad to be back. So what are we talking about today? What's the topic that we're going to be diving into? One, I think that is on the mind of a lot of people right now is the topic of Google reviews, which I've already hear in the eye rolls of some people out there who say, hey, you know what, I'm not an online broker, but I do think they're totally important in so many different aspects. And I guess just to dive right into it, I think the number one thing that I tell just about anybody who asks is, you know, think about the last time you got a referral. And I can think about the last time I got a referral. It was actually for a restaurant. It was a restaurant called the Goofy Noofy, which is kind of a fun. Go Noofies. As a, <laughs> hey, I got to say this. As a Noofy, I got to be like, I love my Noofies. Keep going. In any case, so I heard of this restaurant and it came from my friend. So very reputable source. You know, I totally was good for it. But, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that the first thing I did was I got this powerful computer that's sitting in my pocket, my phone. I opened up Google and I typed in the name. Right. And I didn't open their website and, you know, type in my name to, you know, be on their mailing list or whatever, because, you know, that's not their business and that might not be your business as a mortgage broker. But I still looked them up and it was hugely important to me that A, I was able to find them. And sure enough, they're on the first page. Great. And second of all, that they had reviews, right? A lot of reviews and a lot of high reviews. And so between those two things, you know, beyond what my friend had validated for me, I knew this was a good place. And that was from the Google reviews. And then, yeah, I'm going to go in person and go to that restaurant. I wasn't an online lead, but that Google presence really, you know, solidified what this restaurant was in my mind. Yeah, there's actually some interesting stats on this. So 92% of people actually trust referrals. So if Tom tells me the Goofy Noofy is a good restaurant, but 59% of people are actually going to look up whether or not yeah. they're going to check it. So you may be thinking, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, yeah, all my clients are referral. How many people don't call you? that you get totally. referred, you don't hear from them because they get referred to you and three other people and they go online and they're here about Tom, the mortgage broker and Bob and Sally, and they look them up and then they see Sally's got 70 reviews and you got none. You don't even get the phone call. You don't even get an at bat because you didn't get You don't even know that too. You don't know what you're missing. Right? You don't know. Yeah. So yeah. You're, your name's being passed around and you are missing out on the number one thing, which is reputation, social reputation. So I totally agree. So with that in mind, how do we do a better job of getting reviews and how can you use like you know, some automation and software to help with this. On that, I mean, really, I think what it is, you know, again, put yourself in the shoes of your clients, that sort of thing. And when are you held in the highest, highest regard? I mean, I think it's different for every person, but for me, I often say it's right at closing, right? You know, they've wrapped things up, they got the financing they need. It looks like everything's going to go smoothly. They're about to go into their new property, maybe their new home, if they're, you know, first time home buyers, whatever. 
they're over the moon, right? So that's the time when you could really get in there and hit them with a review. So timing is very important. So I say, you know, ride that high, do it right as they're closing, maybe one month later. That's usually kind of the two points I do it. And what I mean by that is not shooting them a text saying, hey, can you leave me a Google review? It's sending them an email or it could be a text, but in the email or the text, you're giving them an exact link that all they need to do is click and it goes onto your Google page. And beyond that, you can actually get something. If you go into Google My Business, it's about halfway down. It's a link that says get more reviews. Grab that link because if you actually share that, when someone clicks it, it's going to open your Google page and you know the five stars are just going to be sitting there waiting for someone to click it. So you just make it completely, you know, seamless, you know, people are lazy, people have ADD, sometimes they get distracted, make it as simple, as simple as possible. They click a button, they click Nothing a Nothing wrong with people with ADD. And not wrong with newbies yeah. with ADD. I got yeah. both of these things covered in this <laughs> You got them part. both, yeah. yeah. Got them both, a newbie with yeah. ADD. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going. No, I mean, I think that about wraps it up though, right? Is that, you know, you got to make this thing as simple as possible. So it's two clicks. Yeah, That's as simple as it can views. be. Yeah, kind of yeah. like Amazon one click buy. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Take the friction away for the customer. Mm -hmm. So that's a great suggestion. And mm -hmm. then where are some other places that you see people? So obviously use a follow-up sequence. Mm -hmm. I think another, and this is just a thought, another peak moment is actually at approval because approval is maybe there's a few more things I need to get. It's actually, you're pretty happy at approval, right? It's like, Ooh, it's right. not done, but like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you could, we coach people and asking at that stage too. Hey, would you mind giving us a review? Yeah, they're not done yet, but like the people can update it if you suck. What are some other places, sorry, that you've had people put review links? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think another good spot is just in your email signature too, kind of as a fail safe, right? If there is, I mean, that example you just gave, hey, maybe the approval is the ultimate high, but you only have the automation on closing. Okay. Well, if it's in your signature, you're notifying them of their approval, it's going to be right there. Maybe they're going to be you know, inclined to leave that. And one really cool thing, this is one I saw the other week and I thought it was super creative what they did with their signature, but they basically in their signature, they have five stars and says, Hey, how did I do today? And so right there, five stars. And the really kind of creative thing about it is if you click stars one through four, let's call it, or maybe it was three, I'm not sure it would go into a survey, right? And into a database. And that's good data to collect, right? You yeah, want to know where, like, Hey, I'm upset because of whatever. It's exactly. Like yeah. You want to know that, right? But you might not necessarily want that on your Google page. But if someone clicks the fifth star, the top star, that click goes into the survey. Sure, I got that data, but it immediately redirects them to Google, right? right. So that way, you know, you're not tricking people, but you're just making so sure like, that, oh, hey. Wow. You're yeah. just like making it very yeah. like, oh, okay, I guess I can write a review because I'm happy. So exactly, exactly. And you're only really presenting that review option when some people are super happy. They click that five star and they're good to go. Right. So it's just, you can get creative with that. I thought that was a cool example of, you know, things you could do to really kind of boost that ranking and your overall rating on Google. Right. That's good. So last sort of thought I have on this, we were chatting about this earlier is that, mm -hmm. so one of the things that I've coached people to do is that if somebody, you know, is on the phone and they're raving about something you did for them, you solved their problem, say, Hey man, I really appreciate it. Would you mind writing me a review? People say, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it for sure. That's what they say. Always. They say it, but 50% yeah, yeah. of them won't do it. And so if you want to increase your odds, what you do is say, Hey, look, I'll send you a link. And when you send them the link, draft up what they said to you in their words, Hey really? Scott, this yeah. was great. Da, 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 da. Really appreciate it. And then if there's specific things like, Hey, you saved them X amount, you can put those in because they may not know that they may not remember that you've saved them, you know, $10,000 on your new mortgage, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Be specific, $9,426. Specific is better than general. And then write it for them and say, hey, here's what you basically said. Feel free to edit, rewrite it. And here's a link. And 80% of people are just going to copy and paste it. Maybe update one okay. word, make it super simple. So another yeah. way for you to turn and those moments into reviews. And for those people out there are saying, hey, I am an online broker. Hey, I do want to get those online leads. 
what you can do with Scott's suggestion is you can bake in those keywords, right? Hey, refinance or in enter your city. First time and buyer. Yeah. City. First time exactly. buyer. You can, you can yeah. pepper it full of keywords that they may not do because mm -hmm. they are just saying Tom's amazing, but like, exactly. You can drop right. in keywords, yeah. but you should be doing that anyway. But yeah, that's like black belt stuff. Yeah, but, that is black belt. Yeah. It. Like it's not yeah. that black belt if you're like paying attention. So that's great. Okay. So let's wrap up this call. So you said in the closing sequence, pick those high moments, right? Pick the high moments. Think about simple places like signature, make sure you keep the email, give them the short link so they can find it without having to figure around and click on your page and find the reviews. And then finally, you can also, when you have those moments drafted for them. So kind of what is your sort of last, you know, takeaway for people listening to about this? Yeah, I think that was a good summary. And I think just, again, for everyone listening out there, hopefully you're not rolling your eyes anymore, but hey, it's not for just those online brokers anymore. If you're completely referral based, this is still extremely relevant for you because, you know, people are Googling, right? That's the first thing they're doing when they're hearing any type of referral. So if you can have that presence and, you know, gain that presence by doing these little tips, you know, you'll probably see your referral business pick up, right? Even if, you know, you're thinking these are online activities, it just helps in so many different ways. Oh, it totally does. And so if you guys are listening to this and you want to check out Tom's got an amazing a platform called Blue Mortgage, you go to bluemortgage.ca slash ILMB and you'll get access to some cool stuff that they've set up for you guys. And yeah, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it, man. And you guys are listening, get the reviews going. They matter. Even if you're referral based, you still need to have an online reputation that reflects your referability. Thanks, Scott. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.